this is definitely not just another fitness podcast. I'm just a lazy fit person. I was there for seven days and I reckon I ate 10 pizzas. I eat like a monster. If you're not enjoying yourself, what's the point? Ask yourself why. Honesty and empathy are two great places to start. Start to associate yourself with the person you want to be. Health comes first, way above performance and appearance. Picture me naked. Fat Andy is not a nickname you want to stick. What are you having for tea? Purple Monkey Dishwasher. I'm just going to wee and caffeinate and I'll be ready. Use the sausage as a breakwater. I mean, I just want to touch people. <laughs> Naked, smothered head to toe in almond butter. 80% of the time, I agree with Andy 100%. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the not another fitness podcast. I've been listening to them the last few weeks, Andy, and it was very male heavy on the introduction. So I thought I'd start with my dulcet tones. It's, uh, it's myself, Amy, and together via Zoom with the lovely... Andy. Andy! <laughs> I just <laughs> pop up there. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to let you introduce, mate, anytime you want. I wasn't asking. I took it from you. <laughs> I always get um, whenever you do it. I I always think, don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh. I'm like a little child. You know, like when in assembly when you're a kid and like you've been bollocked for laughing and all you yeah. want to do is laugh. That's what I feel like when we start the pod. It's like we chat normally for ages and then there's this like silence and then we launch into it. Yeah, yeah. How's well, things, mate? How's things? Um, How's things with me? Good, thank you. Yeah, really good. So I had some, uh, did something exciting this week. Love swing. <laughs> no, it's still unchristened. How long was that? Less than a minute before, <laughs> before I brought it up. I hope the listeners enjoyed my story about the love swing last week. Be pleased yeah. to know it's still here to the side of me. We haven't sold it on eBay yet, and we haven't tried it out either. So and. If you didn't listen to last week, then please go back because a lot of these puns and jokes this week are not going to make any sense. Oh, dear. Sorry, mate. Carry on. It's all right. Um, what I did do that week, this week that was very exciting, though, is I submitted my final exam for my nutrition coach qualification. Whoop, whoop, whoop. So, um, as of a few weeks, I will be officially qualified. Um, it's been a year. A year. That's nuts. I remember when you were talking about doing it. Yeah, a year. So a um, lot of hard work, very tough exam, 43 questions, took me 48 hours. Um, overall, I have been extremely impressed with the level of and the quality of the coaching, um, the quality of the course, to be honest. It's just been incredible. It's like way surpassed my expectations. So, yeah. Um, so if anyone is looking for a very worthwhile nutrition, level four nutrition coach qualification to do, I would highly recommend the BTN, a practical academy. Um, and again, we'll put the link in the show notes because credit where credit's due, I well, just way surpassed my expectations. So very, feel very proud of myself. You which should I do, think, mate. Yeah, I think it's well-deserved. I feel like anyone who's kind of achieved anything in the, over the last year's done pretty well but you've absolutely like juggling jobs pandemic putting that amount of graft in and actually trying to learn you know trying to learn stuff not just tick a box but actually kind of immerse yourself in it um hats off if i had a hat on your proverbial hat thank good you on. very very, good very on much you, mate. 
And um, one question just before we move on from there. 48 hour exam. That's long. Well, you must have no. been knackered. <laughs> hey, I'm an ex-flight attendant. And I've got all the tools. Oh, that's not um, fair. <laughs> Unfair advantage. No, it's like when you click start, you have the timer just ticks down and you've got 48 hours to complete it. But the exact those five exams throughout the year and they were all different lengths. So I think the first one was pretty heavy. Um, num- I remember number four being quite short. That was like 20, 23 questions. And then this one was obviously the last one covered a lot of ground. It was 43 questions. So it was pretty epic. Um, and they're not all multiple choice. They're like, write an email to a client that wants X, Y, Z. Please so- explain why you're why you think this and stuff like that which is really good because it's a really good application of what you learn so i'm just gonna say like how much more relevant is that like actually actually writing something in or an exam question that's long form and not just multi-choice or what scenario a b or c like that's actually kind of applicable to um yeah to what you're going to be doing on a day-to-day basis and it's so good because it means the assessors get to see what type of coach i'm going to be um because obviously everyone's got their own style um so yeah, if it's one thing, if it's one thing I'm very grateful to flying for over the years, it's it's definitely taught me how to talk to people. So or so that's um yeah I think I don't think my communication skills are too shabby. So um yeah, it was it was enjoyable. It, uh, if an exam experience can be enjoyable, it was enjoyable. So, oh, yeah. good on you, mate. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad you've done it, and I'm glad it's it's finished now. Moving on, onwards and upwards. Onwards and upwards. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Um, work is busy, as uh, I feel like I said at every podcast. But yeah, at the moment, it feels particularly busy. Like we were just saying before we started recording, a um, couple of new clients in this week, a couple of old clients coming back. So whether that's just a case of <laughs> people are worried the gyms are going to shut down. So it's like, right, better get some get some sessions in. Um, but no, there's a good buzz in the gym. Um and like again, like I was saying to you before, um, before we come on, I think the gym feels like a place where there is still. I know we're wearing masks, the cleaning's kind of full on, but essentially you can still do what you did before lockdown. So mm-hmm. it does feel like a place where it's semi-normal. Yeah. Um. You know, like the the dumbbells and the barbells are all the same. The same faces are back in there now. So you do, even though it's not quite as, it's obviously not as social as it was, but there's a nice, there's a nice buzz in there now. And I think everyone kind of just wants to get through to, get through to Christmas. Oh, you to, had to say the C word. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, I thought we'd go in, go in October, but basically I think people just want to get to the end of 2020 now. Yeah, <laughs> just want to, Let's press reset. Let's get yeah. to the new year. Um, and, and take it from there but no i'm good i'm good as uh, as it goes good good i'm glad nothing so too we... nothing too much to report oh that's good that's good we'll be sure to make sure that when there is some kind of bombshell like a baby dropping <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm, yeah i'm saving i'm saving mine for next year <laughs> true you can have that one mate you can have that um so what are we talking about today oh, we're talking about uh, a stone cold classic today. Oh, that's what we're talking about. So the the title of the podcast is yet to be decided, but it's going to go something along the lines of I'm eating 1200 calories and still not losing weight. What's going on? What's, What's going on? I'm eating. I mean, you could insert any number you want, but I'm eating low amount of calories and still not losing weight. Why? Why me? Why is this happening to me? 
or not happening as the case may be why is it because you are an absolute anomaly of every other human being on the planet save your sarcastic tones rambo (laughs) (laughs) you got that that's good (laughs) yeah yeah someone's listening oh my god it's not gonna happen for me um yeah so there's there's a bunch of different ways we can go with this but i think first and foremost like like with anything we we discuss on here like hopefully it's applicable to a decent amount of people and hopefully the people resonate with it or they've had that experience or they know someone who's going through that experience because i would say when i sit down uh, to do a consultation and weight loss is the goal and i'm encountering someone sometimes people are come on the first port of call but most of the time someone's tried to diet or tried some kind of diet and they've been left quite frustrated with it. And the, one of the reasons they're frustrated is the, it is exactly that. It's that perception of I'm not eating very much and I'm not losing weight. What's going on? That's like a really common question or some very vari- variation of that question. Um, would you agree with that Rambo? Would you concur? I would. Uh, <laughs> yes, I agree. It's, um, I think I, um, I think I, maybe the people that I deal with come from a slightly more educated place because I think they're aware that. All right, Rambo, no need to. No, 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 no. Sorry, Andy. Disparage my clients like that. No, no, no. But when people, I think when people come to me, they tend to know that they've put on weight and they're in kind of no disillusion as to how they've got there they're aware that there has to have been some kind of overconsumption. a lot of time they just don't have a clue how they've done it they're like because they don't have the awareness that they've been overconsumed. they're aware that they've put on weight so they obviously have been overeating but there's a little bit in the middle that somehow becomes really blurred like that they're just not sure why and yeah I did have a similar conversation with a client a few weeks ago where they were like yeah, all of a sudden I was 12 stone and now I'm just 16. And it's like, yeah, that happens. <laughs> I think that what you said there, though, like you said, obviously they're overeating. I don't think for a lot of people it's obvious. It's obvious. Mm, that's because calories are pesky little things. <laughs> they're tricky. <laughs> um, I want to talk about that. Yeah, and I think I, that's essentially the, I suppose, the thrust of it, because when... So we, we both made notes for this because we're very, very, I mean, Rambo loves education and note making and exams and stuff like that. She just couldn't help herself. But we made a little list of, of different areas to cover. And I wrote down the title of the podcast. Then I wrote down, this is common, underlined the point. So we've just covered that. And the next thing I've wrote down is number one, you're eating more than you realize. <laughs> That's that's number that's number one on the list, and that that's quite a. Depending on how that's delivered, that can seem quite dismissive, and that can not then and actually just saying that to someone bluntly uh, isn't always the most helpful way of going about it. Go on, Rambo. I want to give people a little bit of credit here, though. I think people realise that statement. I think people understand that statement. They understand that to put on weight they have to eat more than the energy they burn. I mean, I might be giving the general public a lot of credit here, but like they they appreciate that if they overeat, they will put on weight. Most of the general public understand that. I, what, I think what they don't understand is how, like 
how the what that looks like what the overeating looks like and you know I think people go through life and get themselves in these repeated patterns of behavior we all know that one pizza a week isn't going to make you put on you know a stone overnight it's just not one pizza every couple of days might do and that's where people tend to fall into these patterns of behavior that end up to then that lead to this regular overconsumption that they then tend to have these memory blanks about i i disagree oh interesting so well basically i agree with 90 percent of what you just said everything after everything after the first part which is that people realize that um eating more than you're burning off is going to lead to weight gain because i think the majority of people don't realize that oh see i'm just a nice person and i think everybody i just give everybody a lot of credit i think so explain this one to me right so you 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 will have definitely heard this statement as well when someone comes in and they say something along the lines of well i think the the reason i'm not losing weight is because i'm not eating enough i knew you were gonna say that <laughs> you I knew, knew I was you were gonna say that because I, okay i don't hear I, i'd be lying if i said i heard that every day i probably hear it every a version of it every week i would say yeah or i see it i read you know i read it online or, or i hear it in the yeah. gym so, I mean, how do you approach that with a client then? Because I'll tell you how I, how I approach it with a client. But if I ask you first, how do you approach it? Oh, I just storm off and get angry. And just, of course you do. Just, yeah, just you leave, kick something. Leave them to it. Throw a dumbbell at Throw them. a dumbbell. That's, that's exactly <laughs> where I was going next. I'm glad we've got the same coping <laughs> mechanisms built in. Um, it, do you know what? It's, it's completely um, scenario dependent. Yeah. Because if it's a consultation, you've got an hour. Um, you know, an hour, maybe more to kind of sit down and um, talk around it. So I might even just shelve it initially, especially if they've said it with conviction along the lines of like, I'm definitely not eating that. I'm, I'm definitely only eating 1200 calories a day. I'll be like, okay, we need to talk around, you know, I need to find out, are you tracking? What's your activity level like? Um, you know, what sort of foods you have in taught me for a day of, of eating so I can kind of build a bit of a picture. And then there might be like one or two things in there. Like if someone's, um, for example, if someone's adding olive oil to tons of their food because they're under the, um, or they believe it's healthy, then I might be like, do you know what? You are, your diet's almost perfect. It's just, you've gone a bit heavy with the olive oil. I think that's where the problem might be. And then they don't feel stupid or they don't have me just being like, you're eating more than you think, you're an idiot sort yourself out because uh, that doesn't tend to help anyone if it's just someone i think we talked about this in the podcast there was a guy in the gym came up and, and said a version of that um like i'm only eating two thousand calories and i'm you know burning three thousand if i've just got like a snapshot of time with someone and they're kind of a bit savvy they kind of know what's going on i'll be like look you're training really hard just track your calories on fitness pal get the kitchen scales out and just know that you're eating that and if you do that for a couple of weeks and you haven't lost, come back to me and we'll book a consultation or something. Yeah. And um, so yeah. it is, it is person dependent. Cause if you yeah. get someone who comes up to you and they're again, that scenario where you're just passing someone in the gym, if it's a complete novice, they've never heard of fitness pal before. Um, and they're in their sixties, I'm probably not going to go 
tell them to go away and start tracking calories, I'll, I'll actually probably say to them, do you know what? We probably need to sit down and, and talk yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I would, I would obviously hope that I was in a convers- consultation with somebody so I had a little bit more time. Yeah, that's um, the ideal, isn't it? I think that I think it's kind of like I would go dumbbell dumbbell to the head (laughs) but I was actually I would go like carrot 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 and just kind of when they're going pizza 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 pizza. well just get them to tell me what they're eating and then just just ask questions and dive a little bit deeper so if they were saying oh you know I'm eating 1200 calories I'm not losing weight I'd be like okay cool what day are we today Wednesday talk me through everything you had to eat yesterday talk me through everything you had to eat today talk me through everything you had to eat had to eat last weekend and they obviously you're going to get the most perfect version of that person's food diary and that's when you start to say like okay so how'd you cook your fish oh it wasn't a it wasn't like just a, a piece of sea bass it was like breaded cod okay different okay how'd you cook your chips oh so you don't make your chips you have oven chips okay fine what do you have with your chips do you have like a little bit of ketchup or do you have like um, a little bit of mustard okay you have mayonnaise and is that full fat mayonnaise or low fat mayonnaise full fat okay and all the time nice little long pauses in between all of this just to let the pennies drop a little bit and what about drinks do you have any drinks oh yeah I have like three cups of coffee a day how do you have your coffee well I have a latte okay and do you have like skimmed milk or whole milk I have whole milk okay cool that's fine. And what about other drinks? A drink like a can of Coke, full fat Coke or normal Coke? Normal Coke. Okay, cool. And then like we're generally just starting to build a little bit of a picture. Yeah. Um, and it's it's them kind of verbalizing their own problems and how where they're going wrong. If that makes sense, it's like you can think one thing but when you and it's like we've said before on the pod I think I've said before when you talk about it or you write it down it gives it a a lot more power which is why my fitness pal can be such a good tool which is why with most of my clients I actually just start with a food diary um, because it's giving those things that that power and it's actually really making you assess what you're eating how you're eating them taking photos of your food and thinking about actually what is going in my mouth <laughs> giggity um so <laughs> it's because i've got the love swing next to me <laughs> it's vibes are rubbing off on you yeah so it's kind of like leading the horse to water a little bit um with regards to the realization element because it's all well and good making someone realize that they probably are over consuming more calories than they think but then it's another thing actually trying to um get them to understand how to do something about it because a lot of these like a lot of these like calorie dense habits and behaviors are ingrained from childhood or just preferences or you know loads of different things i think that you've hit on a really good point there with the it's one it's distinguishing between or getting someone to realize like how they're going wrong or they go, oh, actually they kind of, yeah, the penny drops and they're like, oh God, actually I've been consuming more than I realized. That realization versus what you need to do next to fix it or alter it. They are two different things. But I think as a coach, there's no way you can guarantee. So you can write the food plan out. You can, um, yeah, you can plan everything to a meticulous detail or you can give someone rough guidelines or you can try different 
uh, different tactics to to help with adherence but you can't guarantee it's going to work right you no. can't guarantee you can kind of try and get to know the person work with them but there's no guarantees that's going to work but what you can do I think at least is actually educate them and in terms of like this is how you've got to where you are now so whether you want to change from that and take the steps like you might not be ready um you might not have the want to do it you might realize actually i'm all right where i'm at but actually explain to someone look this is this is why um you put on three stone this is why you're not losing it at the moment and this this is kind of a couple of options moving forward but at, at least i think if you leave someone or you can educate them so they actually they know what's going on i think that's massive because then when they maybe six months later a year later they do think right i want to get on top of this now then they can start to make all the make all the changes but the the feeling of confusion and uh, kind of disbelief oh my god i'm only in this this much what's going on it's so frustrating there's nothing worse than kind of putting effort in and getting zero back there's no, there's nothing worse than that so true um let's come down to why that is why people feel that frustrating so why do people feel like they have this problem in the first place so you know you've said oh i'm eating 1200 calories and i'm still not losing weight so they obviously are attributing the weight loss or fat loss let's say to the volume of food they are eating so they're obviously perceiving the amount they are eating to be not very much food um, and because they might be going hungry, because they might be having smaller meals than usual, um, they might even be skipping meals, they might even be fasting or something like that. They, they might actually think, well, I've got all these, I'm hungry all the time, I'm preoccupied with food, my meals are tiny, why am I not losing weight? But there's very, very different, very key differences between volume of food and actually calorie density of food. So do you want to explore that a little bit more? And I mean, you've already mentioned it really with regards to the olive oil and things like that. <laughs> you could have three salads a day, each of the ingredients of each salad adding up to 300 calories each, that's 900 calories. But if you're adding, you know, two to three tablespoons of olive oil over those, um, and then add a half an avocado on that and, you know, maybe a little bit of protein before you know it, you've got quite a calorie dense diet and, well, if some, cru and some croutons and some Caesar dressing. <laughs> yeah. Now we're talking. Yeah. I, I mean, I think like that's, cheese, <laughs> see, that's, that's a really eloquent way to, to, to show that point. Right. How do you make communication? I'm all over it. <laughs> <laughs> but three salads. I mean, if you're literally just having leaves bit of cucumber some peppers maybe even a protein sauce in there like some some grilled chicken no dressing yeah probably 300 maybe 400 calories depending on how much how much that'd be chicken. a fucking big salad as well yeah i mean that'd be huge i'd be absolutely yeah. monstrous but if that's you, food volume i'm talking about <laughs> if you take if you take that and then add the olive oil in and you know chuck a bit of halloumi in there or maybe a bit of dressing maybe a bit of olive oil all that stuff um if you go from a 400 calorie salad three times a day, again, unlikely that anyone's doing this, but then that's your 1200 calorie diet. Add the other stuff in. Let's just say you bump it from four up to seven or there or thereabouts. Well, then suddenly you're over 2000 calories yeah. just over and that's weight maintenance. And Have there you, you go. Ever, yeah, exactly. Have you ever been to the Cheesecake Factory? Yeah, once in Vegas. Uh, yeah. What did you order? Uh, do you know what? It wasn't cheesecake. 
I know that because hell not <laughs> because do you know the, I, I don't actually remember what I ordered I think it was something savory though out of from memory the one overriding memory of that place was how big the menu was yes it was like a book right so there is there is method to this story. So we do... <laughs> I thought I thought we just going off on a mat. No, 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 no. So just coming back to the salad point. So um when I used to fly to Dubai, we'd regularly go to the Cheesecake Factory. A because when you're going in a large group of people, everyone's got their own preferences about food. Because the menu is so big, it can usually satisfy everybody. Okay. Gordon Ramsay would have had a field day in there. Oh, I'd been in like, that, cut a... out half of this crap. It <laughs> has stripped so, that down first yeah. thing he did. So I would always have a salad because A, I enjoy them. B, they tend to make me feel a little bit nicer than like a carb-heavy meal. Um, If you've ever been to the Cheesecake Factory in America or anywhere in America, the portions are ridiculous. Ridiculously good, Rambo. Ridiculously good. (laughs) So these salads come and they're like this. They're literally piled high, covered in dressing, You've got things like crispy onions, croutons, honey mustard. I mean, incredible. Tasting amazing. All right. When I was at the peak of my, um, let's say, fascination with uh, calories, um, I went online and actually had a look at the calorie value of some of these salads. Oh, hit me with it. There were These salads were over, over 1,200 calories. Okay, A, because of the food volume, B, because of the dressing and then the ingredients that they use. It would have actually benefited me more to have some of the plates of pasta if I was worried about calories. You could have the cheesecake, mate. The cheesecake's like 1,200 calories a slice as well. Like Jesus. Yeah, honestly, if you go for one of like the peanut butter cheesecakes. Which you would have done. Which I would have done. No, Oreo or cookie dough, actually. Like, like, depending on which variety of cheesecake you choose, you're talking like 800 calories up. And the peanut butter ones that have the Reese's on them are 1,200 calories. Like, honestly. So, you know, if even then... You can go in with the best of intentions thinking that you're having a salad, but if you're not savvy about what is on your plate and about what is being used to prepare your food and what you are using yourself, exactly like you said with the olive oil, you can end up in a really frustrated place because like you say, Andy, you're doing everything you can to try and get towards your goal but for whatever reason, like it's working against you because you are actually over consuming what more than you should. And that's just made me think, even with regards to tracking. So if you are tracking your food, it's, it's about the accuracy of the method as well. If you are tracking your food and you do go out for dinner, a, we, sh- we would probably question why you're tracking your food when you're out for dinner anyway, but that's a different podcast that we've covered. Look back over the other 26 episodes. Um, you know, you could go on my fitness pal and type in New York cheesecake and it would come up with however hundreds of entries for New York cheesecake. You don't know what ha- what the calorie value is of that New York cheesecake that's in front of you. You know, you could look at something and go, okay, I reckon that's about... 450 calories brownies are a brilliant example so how many different quantities of ingredients do they put in brownies you can go and have a brownie from sainsbury's a brownie from tesco's or a brownie from a coffee shop and they can range from 250 to 500 calories yeah so just actually tracking a generic brownie 
you could think, oh, okay, well, yeah, I'm well within what I should be. It was only a brownie. Well, that brownie could have the most amount of sugar, butter, flour, cocoa powder, chocolate chunks, lotus biscoff biscuits, salted caramel spread, like, you know, and before you know it, you're in a little bit of a mess. So um, that was my tangent, but I think it was relevant. It was a good, it was a good cheesecake based tangent that. Um, Death row meal, mate, cheesecake. (laughs) I think with like the coming back to, I suppose, like food volume specifically, you can have something like so when people like a a common line might be i'm not eating very much food right so if you're having let's say you're having that coffee with the full fat milk in the morning um yeah a bit of cream in there as well i'm only having a coffee or let's just say that's 300 calories for argument's sake then you're having the salad and that's got you know it's got the avocado it's got the olive oil and then suddenly that's that salad that doesn't look very much because it just looks like a bunch of leaves is actually 600 calories. Well, now you're up to 900. Let's say you've had a handful of nuts, but you know we all know nuts are calorific. And if you've got hands like shovels, that could be like another few hundred calories. And then you're at 1200 calories. If you looked at before you've had dinner, let's say you're really good, you know, quote unquote, good with dinner. And that's just 500. You're getting up towards like 17, 1800 calories again. Uh, and that's still not a lot of food. But if you looked at those three things on paper, like handful of nuts, salad, coffee, you're right. You're not eating a lot. Like food volume there is small, but the, cal- the, the caloric density is high. Yeah, and things absolutely. like, and these aren't bad foods. They're just these things you should be aware of. Things like nuts, things like avocado, things like olive oil, in other words, healthy fats, there you could have all the good intentions you're eating these foods but the quantities are a little bit off and it's just scuppering your um, weight loss efforts yeah and yeah it's 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 just so frustrating and it's not again it's not like people are doing something wrong it's just miscalculating or not tracking or just not being aware of how much they're putting in yeah huge one um actually over lockdown when we were in like the midst of the the worst lockdown, like no restaurants open, no takeaways open. One exercise I did with one of my clients was, right, what are your favorite takeaways? She was like, fish and chips. I was like, right, your- oh, That's a good good choice. Yeah, your exercise, your like challenge for this week is you're gonna cook fish and chips on Friday for you and your boyfriend, and you're gonna create a healthy version, okay? And I can guarantee it will be just as satisfying. It's gonna be- you're probably going to be more satisfying because of the effort you've put into it and it's going to be just as tasty and it's going to be a fraction of the calories and again it's just that education around how to make these meals and these foods we enjoy less calorie dense so they we can actually still enjoy them within the realms of our our goals that's a huge one yeah massive absolutely i mean i'd argue that you know you can't beat fish and chips from the from the chip shop you're literally just undermining everything i say um, today i'm you? just i mean i would be a nightmare client to be fair i'd be a nightmare yeah, i'm sure your client i'm sure your client was a lot more receptive to your uh we've already we've already had the pod where we talk about you falling off the wagon mate all right <laughs> you're done you're done um let's come to the next thing on the on the list then so i've got here uh unrealistic expectations Ooh, let's say good one good one so there. Let's say, for example, I'm dieting and my calorie requirement to be in a deficit is, say, 
1600 calories yeah which is quite reasonable for someone like myself and let's say I'm like I don't want to be on 1600 calories I don't want to be in dieting for too long I'm going to actually put myself on 1200 calories and I'm going to do this in three weeks yeah and I'm like it's fine it's going to be easy it's going to be absolutely easy and I'm tracking and I'm really diligent and then I'm not prepared for how I'm going to feel and I think a lot of people experience this when they go into a fat loss phase or they try to do any diets without the help of a coach and they diet too hard too quickly and then end up and I don't like using the phrase falling off the wagon but they end up experiencing those symptoms of dieting to a great extent they don't understand how to deal with them manage them or why they're happening and then they end up through into big periods of overconsumption to try and actually mitigate the effects of the diet. So they have an unrealistic expectation of how long it's actually going to take. They either try to make that process quicker or they try to shortcut the process um, and end up actually going completely the other way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you've kind of like just detailed what that looks like over the course of maybe like a month or a couple of months. So that's kind of what happens. Unrealistic expectations, disappointment because it's not coming off as quickly as you'd like. And then binge slash fuck it, what's the point? Weight goes back on. Um, I think with expectation setting, I think this is another thing that probably the vast majority of people don't know. And why would you? It's to actually lose body fat takes a lot longer than people realize because unless you unless you've got an absolutely insane amount of activity um that you can do throughout the week there's only so much you can do with the diet like the diet is the driver but if if we say that and this is only roughly but it serves a purpose three and a half thousand calories to to burn a pound of fat or there or thereabouts well once you've knocked off 500 calories a day, there's your pound. How much lower can you go? Yeah. Like, can you get to like, to the point where you're eating less than a thousand calories a day? Maybe you can, but I wouldn't want to do that for very long. Most people can't do it. Most people will fall off the wagon um, or they won't be able to train as much because they feel absolutely wrecked. So mm-hmm. I think for, for the vast majority of people, and it, it, no one wants to hear this right when they first come in for a consultation, but people say, people will ask oh how much can I lose or how much do you think I'll lose and I typically say if you're losing a pound a week you're doing really well Mm. and they look at me like I'm insane a pound a week they're like these are people that have been brought up potentially on like biggest loser or how to lose a stone in 21 days and these types of programs this is why they don't do us any favors as fitness professionals um and the thought of losing a pound a week when you've got a hundred pounds to lose is mortifying. Mm. It's like, it's because then you're like, well, what, I'm going to be at this for two years. Um, and, and okay, that's an extreme example. And if someone's got that much to lose, they can, they can probably lose it quicker. But I was going to say, yeah, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're what I'd call, uh, or do, let's just say you've got a stone to lose, right? If you've got a stone to lose to be at your ideal weight or your perceived ideal weight, if you get that done in anything quicker than 10 weeks, you, you've had to go some. 
like you've really had to be on the money. There's very little wiggle room and, and most people cannot hold that level of um, accuracy and, and just like, yeah, life gets in the way, right? Like yeah. I would almost, I'd almost say <laughs> that's probably a good thing. Um, but it's, yeah, to try and go quick and that, I just think people are, people are set up because of like, um, because of diets, uh, like typical diets and because of TV and, and what ex celebrities done and how fast they've lost it. People are set up for a bit of a full storm. And it's, and it's definitely something that me and you've spoken about on numerous occasions, like trying to um, unwire that thinking yeah. early on is a big part of, of kind of beginning a new, a new plan. And this is what annoys me about um, slimming clubs as well. Um, because they almost prey on the fact that, or, or rely on the fact that, it, the members are gonna have an adverse reaction to the number on the scales and then actually go the other way and actually go, well, what's the point? Blah, blah, blah. And because these slimming clubs are, get, are using, and we'll come on to this in just a second, the fact that another thing that's probably why you're not losing weight or why you think you're not losing weight is because you're only using one measure of progress, but they rely on one measure of progress, which is the scales. And they take one data point at one point during one week when there are so many factors that go into that one data point over the course of a week, particularly if you're a woman and you're, you know, subject to hormonal fluctuations as well, um, that they actually are relying on that number going down sometimes, going up sometimes, going up a little bit more to keep these people coming back to these slimming clubs. And it really, really infuriates me. It's one of the major things. My mum said to me the other day, Andy, sorry, Jane, I'm <laughs> calling you out. My mum said to me the other day, out of all, like, and honestly, my mum listens to the podcast every single week, like hats off. She's a lot more dedicated than Jack and Sarah. <laughs> so she listens every week. And the amount of I talk to her about all of this stuff, even the other week, she said to me, and I've got her into when she tries to lose body fat, I'm like, I'm just going to let her roll with this, but at least I, I can try and help her. I've got her trying to weigh every morning, every day, and actually track how the number goes up and down. And even I think two weeks ago, she went to me, yeah, well, you're only supposed to weigh once a week, aren't you? And I'm like, what? Yeah, well, that's what you should do to lose weight. What? Like, mom, come on. I thought I was getting somewhere. Like, it's just frustrating that that one measure of progress, that's what people focus on. And it kind of becomes your undoing inadvertently because like I'll hand over to you in just a second. Even if that number does go up, it doesn't mean you haven't lost fat. Yeah. I mean, I mean that that's, that is another classic, right? So uh, right alongside unrealistic expectations, I would say another issue is impatience. Yeah. Uh, and, and and they go hand in hand, but it's it, like, we know that one-off weigh-ins, so even like a weekly weigh-in, they're notoriously influenced by what you've had the night before, how hydrated you are, um, what time of the month it is. Just, uh, oh, go on, Amy's got a hand up. Here's a story. So for example, I went for a curry last night. Yeah. Um, and What'd a few vegetable side dish. Huh? What'd you have? Re you well, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. Sorry, a few mate. vegetable side dishes. Get um, away from the, no one cares about the vegetable side dishes. What was the no, main event? 
them. The main bell was was the Harry Alley chili chicken, which is basically like a tandoori spice chicken, dry dish, loads of protein, had a chapati, ate it about eight o'clock at night, right? Spicy as well. Real spicy. Real hot. The guy actually, when I ordered it, he was like, very spicy. I was like, yeah, step, I know. Step aside, mate. Give me my <laughs> I know. Come to mama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had that last night. Woke up this morning at half past four to get ready for work. By eight o'clock, I'd had two poos. Massive poos. Imagine what my weight would have been like if I'd have weighed myself at half four in the morning as opposed to half past eight in the morning. Yeah, I'd probably like four kilos heavier. Jesus Christ. Literally, it came from up here. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's an example, you know, and like bowel movements have a lot to do with it. Undigested food has a lot to do with it. Salt, water retention, everything. It's crazy. Yeah. So. All, all of these are on the list, aren't they? So like, flu- sorry, but it was just an, an no, no, no. <laughs> natural out by the sounds of this <laughs> <laughs> or unnatural if it's four kilos very natural believe me very uh, but yeah like the and this this is like the the, the single this is why like one-off weigh-ins are an absolute bloody nightmare because what you've had the night before if you ha- if you've had the curry and you haven't had the poo for example then you could have put on four pounds overnight and you'd have been like what's the point i can't have curry i can't go out and enjoy myself why is me i've gained four pounds of body fat when really it's just a bunch of um food in the stomach Maybe there's a bit of salt with the meal. You drunk a bit more. You've held a bit more fluid. Hey, presto, four pounds on the scales, and and that's what happens. So, the reason why me and uh, me and Rambo always bang on about if you're gonna weigh, at least do it on a daily basis, because at least then you give yourself a chance of getting some kind of idea of what the what the weight is doing. Because let's say if you're if you are, let's say you've got a birthday coming up in a fortnight and you're like right i'm gonna um i'm starting the diet now I'll give myself a couple of weeks um so you go into that birthday weekend you're in a depleted state because you've been like hitting the diet hard you've done really well you've lost like two pounds a week so you're four pounds down you feel great you go and have the meal and you put like that four or five pounds on the next day you feel absolutely distraught because it oh. like the appearance is oh my god i've put all of that weight back on when really it's it's not that it's just fluid so when people say come out with a line of oh, i'm eating 1200 calories but i'm not losing weight they might have only done it for a week yeah or four or five days and it's like look you have to let this ride out over at least a couple of weeks and i would say ideally a month to kind of know know where you're at and know know what's going on do you think that comes from do you think people jack it in too soon because they kind of want it all so I think a lot of the time it gets to the weekend and people are like, oh, I don't know how to navigate weekends with being on a diet. So I just won't bother. I'll start again on Monday. You know? Yeah, I, I think so. This just isn't this is me included in this as well. I think as a society, we're getting more impatient. Oh, hugely. Yes, so hugely. so so most things that we want now. So like if you want to curry now, you do not have to move from that desk. You can be like on the phone just eat whatever and just get it to the door and there's very few things um entertainment wise and stuff everything's at the fingertips there's no watching adverts now there's no one waiting for a program to be released it's just like box set bang go Mm -hmm. one of the few things that still you have to work for it whether it's like exercise getting fitter getting stronger getting leaner you there's not there's no cheat code for that yet 
you've got apps to help you you've got like things to help you track you've got you know home workouts you can go on a zoom and do zoom workouts and stuff you can get diet plans but you have to do the work yourself and the chances are if you've got if you've got a stone to lose you're going to be at this for at least a couple of months probably three to four and 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 that and accepting that is a big part of it yeah a massive part of it and accepting that there are more measures of progress than just the scales so you know someone could come up to you or me in the gym and be like oh i'm, I'm eating 1200 calories but i'm not not losing weight we could look at them and be like you look banging like honestly you look great like how are you how are you not losing weight and they'd be like oh well you know the scales say this i'd be like all right how are you sleeping really good how are you feeling yeah i've got loads of energy how do your clothes fit oh yeah my jeans are looser great and do you like do you you know how how is everything do you feel good around food like are you getting compliments yeah people are saying i look really well i'm like okay great like they are ultimately really good measures of progress as well like it's we've all got that pair of like thin jeans yeah that we know that when we fit into those thin jeans and we feel comfortable that that's where we're at like in our happy place like that is a good measure of progress as well that you are losing body fat if you are comfortable in your clothes and you know the physical discomforts aren't there like I know for a lot of women a lot of women like struggle with bras for example and like actually having loose skin around their bras or their bras are too tight or they have fluctuations with their breasts with their hormones and like a lot of women really struggle with their breasts because they're so big and that's why they want to lose weight and a lot of that is like okay how are your clothes fitting how are your bras fitting oh yeah I've gone down a bra size that is a great measure of progress if that's your goal, you know? And focusing on those things are really, really important as well. Yeah, two things there with that, right? The Breast. first one, which is the more... <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I didn't even do the hands like that as well. You did. And he's pointing his fingers in a nipple-like manner. <laughs> <Can't do. laughs> Nipples like pistols. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to forget what I was just going to say. I was going to say you brain fart now aren't you you two have... things clothes as measure of progress bras skin any stop of that? saying bras and skin <laughs> stuff like um yeah scales so like the body composition point right i think that's really important so if you get someone this isn't going to apply to everyone but let's say you've got the person who is chasing down the last few pounds of of weight loss and like you said you look at them and you're like well, well you look good you're lifting well and actually what maybe has happened during that last you know the last push to get down there they maybe have gained a little bit of muscle and they've dropped a little bit of fat so that the look is you know they look leaner they look more athletic so the looks actually improved but the scale gives them no the scale hasn't budged but you know intuitively from like feel of clothes appearance in the mirror you know, maybe people giving compliments and stuff like that, you know, the body, like you can feel it, but actually the skulls can kind of rob that from you because you see it happening and you're like, well, I feel good. I look all right. Oh, but you know, the skulls hasn't gone, hasn't moved down for a couple of weeks. And sometimes then you just have to realize that actually, no, you've trained well, you're in, you're in a real sweet spot and okay, maybe you're not eating 1200 calories. Maybe you are eating a little bit more uh, than you realize, but you look great and there's no need to worry about it. That was the second point the broader point of a kind of philosophical point of should you be doing this? Do you need, you know, do you need to lose the weight at all? Should you even care what the weight is? That's, yeah. that's like a, a big part of like what 
of kind of what we're about anyway and so that yeah you i mean you can go off in a you know why are you doing it that's like a, a broad um discussion there. but it's always worth mentioning like why are we doing it you know why are you trying to lose weight always come back yeah. to that um but yeah in terms of the um in terms of the body recomposition and gaining fat and losing muscle if you're able to achieve that um that is like the holy grail so it, it, it shouldn't be um it shouldn't be undervalued or un or even missed because you're so obsessed with the scale number you kind of miss what's happening right in front of your face yeah i listened to a podcast the other day with our friend eric helms and um they were helms talking eight. about yeah they were talking about how um you can actually continuously recomp rather than actually having to even with intermediate and advanced lifters rather than actually have to having to bulk up and then cut and bulk and then cut if you're prepared to go for the long term and use like smaller measures of success then it actually is still possible to to recomp you've just it's got to be very finely tuned and i was like that's the goal surely like yeah, honestly that is the goal just long term sustainable chipping away at building muscle and knowing how to just tighten things up a little bit if you want to look a little bit leaner like honestly that's that's the dream that's that's kind of the falling in love with the process isn't it yeah massively that's where there's not like it there's no, they're not doing six week cut or you know crazy bulk and stuff it's just that constant just shift in between like from day to day you're a little bit more one day you were a little bit less so it, it kind of is bulking and cutting but it's like day to day it's not these it's big, life it's, it's not, life yeah it's not like crash diet right now i'm going on the mega bulk Ooh. crash diet yeah it's just yeah it's just kind of you will have periods during the week where you eat a little bit more i like to call them weekends and then during the week you tighten it up a little bit yeah, one, yeah, yeah. one thing i wrote down when you were when you were talking earlier um about the when we're kind of talking around unrealistic expectations or maybe people being a little bit like delusional with it i think another reason why people can be you know think they're eating 1200 calories and they're not losing weight they might be eating a thousand calories a day right but they're only eating that from monday to friday Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, weekend binges or weekend overeating, that's a thing. Yeah. That's a thing that a lot of us, do. I would say most of us do that to a certain extent, but if you've eaten 1200 calories for four or five days, <laughs> it's almost like you're setting yourself up for a binge for the weekend. I would say, the, I would say my top three actual physical reasons of why someone isn't in a deficit and they think they should be is weekend eating it's a biggie alcohol and then i would say and I, what i would call like and i'm using air quotes hidden calories like sauces dressings milk drinks those kind of things people that think they think don't matter like we just talked about with the coffees i would see they i would say they are honestly my top three I mean, I think you could, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say alcohol, for some people, alcohol is going to be number one because of what it leads to. But I, I, would, I think the other two uh, are the all-encompassing things, right? We, weekends in general, I think the eating over weekends, throw a bit of alcohol in there as well, but weekend eating, um, I think number one for me would be, um, I, I don't know if it's, yeah, hidden foods, but just not a lack of awareness of what foods contain. And, and I think you can, you've got hidden foods like sauces and oils and things you don't see. So if you're, again, this is all, so like the perfect storm is a weekend, 
where you're going out and you're going to have a drink, you're eating delicious food that you've got no idea how the chef's preparing. It kind of looks pretty healthy. You put those things together and that's exactly what we're talking about, right? That is, that's it in a nutshell. So um, it's impossible to track that because you don't know, you don't know how many calories are going to be, um, are going to be in most meals you have when you're out and about. And to a certain extent, me and Amy have definitely said on more than one occasion, should you care? <laughs> should yeah. you actually, you know, life's short, you should be enjoying yourself. But I think what I would try and get across from this podcast would just be, be aware of it. Yeah. You know, whether you decide to alter your eating habits or to diet again, or to relax the reins a bit, whatever you decide to do from this point onwards, just a little bit of education, I think around food goes a really long way huge it, absolutely it, it, huge i think we've I've, I've thought this before and i don't know if I've, I've we've spoken about it on the podcast but food's a funny thing right because we all we all um because we all eat everyone kind of thinks i, I think people think they know more than they actually do because we all we all do it it's our own bodies you kind of think you've got a fairly objective stance on it but like I drive every day, but I know nothing about repairing cars, right? And I wouldn't assume that I did just because I drive. I know nothing. I know how to fill it up. I know how to put air in the tires. And, that, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I haven't looked into it anymore. But I'm sure if I spent a little bit of time, I could kind of get like a base level of knowledge. And I think with food, you don't have to track every last thing on Fitness Pal. But if you keep your food diary for a week or two, so you've got a list of all the foods that you typically eat, like, or go onto your online shop and just look at what you eat and click on calories of that food and just be like, fuck me, avocados are a lot. It's really interesting, actually, you say that, like, go onto your online shop. So since I've been working at Waitrose, like, when they put me on the till sometimes and you actually look at what pe the foods that people buy, that makes you realise that people don't have any idea of what is in food or the calorie density of foods like and there's me when I'm stocking the shelves I'm like oh like reading every single <laughs> nutrition label Amy people, people stop looking at all like the labels crazy because like I see all this delicious food go through the tills and on the shelves and I'm like mm, people are buying a lot of these I'm just going to actually look at what's in these and honestly most of the time I'm horrified absolutely horrified and like don't get me wrong, there are certain demographics of people for which that food is actually beneficial. So for example, if you're elderly and you struggle to get actually calories into yourself, then you know high calorie density foods can be very, very beneficial as long as you're still getting your vitamins and minerals. But for, we're talking about people here that has a fat loss goal, you know, and a lot of the people um, that you see, you know, walking about down the street, they are very overweight and they are, do probably have quite worrying health markers. So, you know, and if they're not aware of the foods they're putting into their body in terms of value, they might think, oh, it's got spinach in it, it's healthy, you know? And that, unfortunately, because we don't get educated about this in schools, like that is generally what people think. They, a lot of people aren't taught of how to prepare a healthy meal. They're not taught about what the calorie intake relative to their size looks like you know and it's it's just it makes sometimes it actually makes me really really sad it may yeah i think there's there's an element of sadness to it um 
anger is probably yeah. the is probably when, when you talk about the schools thing so we have we've done a podcast on like how to you know like you know how we would tackle a beast tea or when boris was talking about it and i think um education was quite high up on our list of like how you would go about mm. it i don't I don't know if it would work if you educated everyone about energy and energy out and energy balance and how that relates to people's diet. I don't know if that would work, but I can't believe I'm not believe saying we... it would either, but I just think there needs to be something. I can't believe we haven't given it a go. What, exactly. What... At least be... fucking try it. Be... Because if you were doing that in schools, it's, it's relative, you know, it's relatively straightforward. Like you could have a couple of lessons on that. You wouldn't need to dedicate you know, the entire curriculum to it. Mm. Um, I've, I yeah, think... that... I think there's a little bit of like not fear mongering, but you know, maybe like protection around that if you increase these, if you increase the awareness of these things with children, then it's a fast track way to an eating disorder, which is bullshit. You can't just target everyone with the same brush. It, you know, there's obviously what we're doing at the moment in schools isn't working with regards to education because, you know, one in five children are becoming obese. Like, yeah. so bingo. It's not even, it's not like, um, because it sounds really harsh being like, oh, you know, walking down the street and seeing people that are overweight and stuff. But I mean, we're the, we're the fattest nation in Europe, right? Yeah. So, or the, or the second, I think. Um, so obviously something is, something is wrong or, or not necessarily wrong, but the system that we've got set up at the moment, moment is not serving the, the, the general population. And I do take your point about, because um, I, I immediately think of, when you said when you said that about like in schools like someone I think you know 16 year old girl already being teased about her weight who's already got a load of food hang-ups then being taught about energy balance and how to reduce your weight yeah that kind of terrifies me as well I wouldn't teach that though and I don't think that's the the I'm not me personally but I don't think that's the angle that the, the, the country needs to take it doesn't need to be from a place of controlling your weight it needs to come from a place of health like maintaining a healthy weight is healthy like you don't want to be too fat, but also you don't want to be too thin. It comes from a place of health, functionality, longevity. Like it's these things we need to focus on with with everybody, not just actually like, not just people, not just weight in terms of weight loss. It's actually eating for health. Why we need a wide variety of fruits and vegetables, why we need a balanced diet with, you know, lean sources of protein, how to build a vegetarian diet, if that's your ethical standpoint on it, why maintaining, you know, a good level of calories is function is good for functionality in terms of being able to do everything you want to do your heart beating properly you being able to see properly having good dental health like you're like do you know what i mean it's just yeah. everything it's everything yes yeah, so, do you know what? i got sucked into the um because i'm constantly reading the 1200 calories to lose weight like yeah that that was a a, a misstep on my part but like how you um yeah, you're right. It's not it's it's not about weight loss, but if you t if you teach someone in school like the the energy and energy in energy out equation and kind of like tell people like yeah, you're absolutely right. Like to be a healthy weight, you need to be this, whether it's to gain or lose. I think there is an element of you have to be careful who you arm that with because if you oh, get, completely because if and 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 and, I, and I, that doesn't mean you don't do it. But it means that like, because let's say you, you, you ramped up exactly what you were saying there, you ramp up education, it's all around health, but obviously within health that you talk about weight loss and weight gain, young girl, 
takes it on board. She's already kind of like, um, kind of on the spectrum, let's say, of like having an eating disorder and she takes it to the extreme. And then what you'll get is, so again, this doesn't make, this doesn't mean you shouldn't do it, but it, what this is the issue that you have and people will be like, you shouldn't be talking about weight. You shouldn't be talking about calories and stuff because people that people have the argument that you shouldn't talk about calories. You shouldn't weigh yourself. You shouldn't track food. And whereas I think all these things, like I'm quite, I, I have to have this slightly more dispassionate approach to it. To me, it's just, they're just tools. You use them when it's appropriate and, and when it's not appropriate, you don't. Um, yeah, off on a slight tangent, but um, it's a good one. Yeah, it is. Cause it's kind of what we're both quite yeah. passionate about. Um let's okay let's link it back to actually the topic of the uh, yeah, sorry <laughs> guys. back to the topic of the actual podcast so like we are passionate about it because we're passionate about health and another part of actually maintaining your health and trying to eat in if you're trying to eat in a deficit and you're trying to lose weight is creating the deficit and obviously they're trying to do it using nutrition so the other flip side of the coin is i'm eating 1200 calories and i'm not losing weight and i'm training okay well is training all you're doing because that one hour out of the day that you are just training if you're eating 1200 calories the rest of the time and you're not actually moving about too much else yeah a are you actually eating 1200 calories as we've discussed and b is there actually something else that you could be doing that is actually going to aid that deficit in terms of get off your ass and move more because <laughs> training is great. And we all know the benefits of the resistance training with regards to actually lean body tissue and the prevention of lean muscle mass. We've talked about that enough, but in terms of fat loss, it's the activity that is actually going to make a difference. And I know quite a few people during lockdown that were still trying to train for one hour a day, but were not going out and doing their daily walk. And as a result, have probably put on body fat in fact not probably have definitely put on body fat yeah i, th I think th this is like general activity so by general activity like you know we're talking about neat or, or subconscious movement or just even going for walks and things like basically anything any activity that burns calories that isn't formal exercise like you going to a gym or going for a run or going on the bike it's basically everything else that you do during the day and if you've got the if you've got the exercise box ticked, then I wouldn't change that too much. Like if you're, if you're training or exercising on a regular basis, pick something you enjoy, crack on, do it. But then on top of that, I think looking at things like, and again, it just sounds like I'm uh, constantly tracking different metrics, but having a look at your step count, I think can be um, instructive, right? And just seeing like, um, you know, seeing how, like how little you potentially could be moving. Yeah. because so like there's there's a client i'm working with at the moment and, and she never tracked steps before right so that's quite a rarity like normally people have got you know got their phones with them or they've got a fitbit or something like that um and i was like you know what i was like keep your phone with you and just get a look at the steps and we'll just see from from day to day so she, you know, so she doesn't work or anything so there's no kind of job to go to you know like goes on the odd walk and stuff like that so on days where she walks she's averaging about 7,000 steps. So not awful, but like could do more on days. She's not, she's averaging about three. And 
if you're already you've got the diet on point you're already training or, or doing some activity if your step counts down kind of under five i think that's a really easy win to potentially like kickstart weight loss yeah um, it's it's yeah. one of it's a reason it's one of our, both of our key habits and behaviors and it's one of the things that i always try and chat to my clients about so even if they have quite a sedentary job it's like right okay how can we get more activity in you then okay can you get off the bus stop an extra stop earlier can you walk to the gym can you get for a, a walk at lunchtime um and so, like some of them when they start actually implementing those little walks in their day the mental health benefits are huge oh that's literally you read my mind that's oh, exactly, like that's exactly what i was thinking massive and once it becomes a habit it becomes something they really look forward to and it's such like you say an easy win to help a if you're in a deficit to help you lose a bit of body fat and b for weight weight maintenance you know it shouldn't be something that you just do to achieve a goal it should be something that's maintained for the rest of your life um yeah short term it can help with weight loss long term it's good for health and like like me and rambo are saying like health health is kind of number one it's something that it's something that should be put um put at the top of the the priority list but it's one that kind of falls down because it's not something that can be achieved in it like a six week uh you know six week weight loss plan it's just that's just things that underpin your life uh, and walking should be one of them i think people sometimes think if they're if they're not losing weight that they especially if they train that they just need to train more or they need to train harder if anything i would actually say train less train less move more drop out one session put less stress on your body and move more if you've ever tracked your calories during a workout it's depressing how little calories you actually burn during a workout and even saying calorie burn just really like that literally gives me the ick because i'm (laughs) like that's not what i'm all about at all you know um like it's but it's it's actually really depressing how few calories you will burn during any kind of workout so it's actually not an achievable way of losing body fat you want to retain muscle which is what the training does and you know you could be that you even build muscle if you and end up recompositing is that a word recompositioning let's go with that I said I was good at communicating. I'm now. <laughs> if you end up doing that um, during a fat loss, phase, just call it recomping. Recomping. Well, I thought that was trying to be fancy. Um, so, but like, actually, training more is is not going to do much at all. No. Um, should we bring this one home, Rambo? Yeah, I'll, you know, balls in your court, mate. Do Cheers, it. mate. Um, so, kind of, it's tied in with exercise. This as well, so it's a good way to finish. But the reason why on the, the list of points that we wanted to discuss that you're eating more than you think was number one is this isn't just something that me and Amy have observed um, with clients. There's a decent amount of scientific studies and research to back this up. I mean, there's a load. Like I was just having a little browse around before we came on. Um, but the one from, I've made a note of the name, Lichtman, I think it is. So basically exactly what we're talking about. They got a bunch of people, they tracked what they ate and they also monitored their exercise as well. Um, and they got the people. So the people knew they were in an experiment, by the way, which is this, this point is also insane. The fact that they were so far out, but basically these participants they had to go away, um, track what they ate, track what they did on an, on the exercise front 
and then report back. And then the scientists kind of looked at what they what was reported versus what they actually did. And on average, participants underreported calories by a whopping 47% on average. <laughs> and they overreported exercise by 51%. So therein lies the mismatch. Therein lies the, the problem that we have as nutritionists or coaches, because, and, and this is shown across the board, this study has been repeated numerous times, people in general are terrible at knowing how much they eat and overestimating people vastly. give themselves too much credit <laughs> they re they really do and there's there's another there was like follow there's again tons of follow-up studies but even they repeated this study design with dietitians so people who know you know medically trained like years and years like you got to go to uni to become a dietitian um and they misreported as well not as much as like the average person as you you would expect but they they followed the same trends they uh, they overreported um exercise and underreported calories so it's crazy it so like when we point this out and when we say if you're listening to this and you've ever been frustrated with with weight loss it's probably because you're eating more than you realize but don't take that personally because dietitians can't get this shit right so yeah. don't don't feel bad about it we all do it we're all greedy little bastards, aren't we, Rambo, at the end of the day? I'm not a greedy little bastard. I'm a greedy little bastard. <laughs> or a big greedy bastard. One or the big, other. Big greedy bastard, I think. I just really like food. I feel like that should be the sign-off. <laughs> for, for I really like just, food. Just, just end it with that. It's just, it just, like, it's so joyful. So joyful. Yeah, it is, it is good. But What have you got for dinner on that note? Well, we had, it was Sarah's birthday on Wednesday. Um, oh, happy birthday, Sarah. So I'll pass that on. Um, so we had pizza on Wednesday. So oh. we're out of sync because normally it'd be pizza, pizza Friday. Friday. It's Friday today, by the way, everyone. Um, it doesn't mean we won't get another pizza. True. <laughs> I'm just saying True. there's a, a slight, uh, there's a slight doubt there now, which yeah. I'm uncomfortable with. Uh, what about you, Rambo? What are you doing? We have... So it's bake-off night tonight. So Jack and I finally have a night together. So we're going to, well, I say a night, about an hour, and then I have to go to bed. Um, we're going to watch the bake-off. And we have buffalo chicken mac and cheese oh, from yes. Prep Kitchen, which is um, very good. Quick one on bake-off. Which one are you up to? I, I haven't watched this week. We haven't watched this week. It's pastry week. We haven't watched pastry week. Don't spoil it. Is it? Um, here we Don't go. Don't spoil it. Cornish pasties, yeah? That one. Oh, yeah, we haven't seen that. Don't spoil it. Is it a good one? Oh, it's a belter. Oh, so good. And honestly, it's religiously the only thing that Jack and I watch together. Like, right. In the showstopper, right, there's this bit where... Um... Don't you start. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Isn't it mad that we find entertainment in watching people bake? Is that like, um, it's that meme, isn't it? Like, who thought up that idea? That sounded like a shit idea. And then like four years later, we're like, oh, if Kevin doesn't let his generate <laughs> fries, then he's fucked it. Like, <laughs> so true. <laughs> but like, honestly, me and Jack are sitting there and we're like, oh, she's having a mare to this week, isn't she? Have you got any friends that absolutely hate Bake Off? <laughs> I've got friends that aren't into it. My mate, my mate, Barry. Shout out Barry if you're listening. You're probably not. Um, but he fucking hates it. 
and he can't under like it's so funny because part of the joy for me when it comes back is watching him on facebook being like why are people watching this (laughs) why do people like this program the only problem for us is jack's got such a sweet tooth that as soon as we start watching it he's like i'm hungry (laughs) he's suddenly literally just moving towards the fridge getting eggs and bowls out (laughs) i'm hungry oh enjoy that Yeah, thanks. I will enjoy your pizza. That was a good one, as always. That was fun. Nice one, mate. Yeah, that was that was good. I don't know what is on the um, the agenda for next week, but um, stay no. tuned. We'll. Um, can I fun. just shout out if you have got to the end of the podcast and you're still listening? Can I just shout out? Um, I'm not going to mention them my name, but I had one lovely bit of feedback about the Freddie Flintoff podcast from a listener that emailed in and I'm very aware I haven't emailed back to you yet because I want to be able to sit down and process and digest the email properly before I email back my thoughts so but for anyone that has actually listened recently taken the time to respond given feedback posted about it on Instagram I had a lovely girl post about it on Instagram as well saying that she discovered it and shared it um we are so grateful and we cannot even believe that we've been doing this pod for 27 episodes now I remember sitting here on number one and being like all right mate we should record this not and knowing, um yeah not, for knowing every, how, not knowing how to record it or anything. not knowing how to record and honestly like for everyone that gives us feedback we really 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 do appreciate it so please keep it coming please share it with all your friends please give us a five-star rating and write a little review for us on apple podcasts because it really does mean the world to us the pod is our little baby until andy's real baby comes along <laughs> and then the pod, pod will just be second <laughs> I, can, I honestly i cannot put it any better than that i cannot put it any better than that mate well done oh thanks thanks well until next time take it easy it's been a pleasure as always and uh we'll see you on the next one bye-bye bye-bye thank you for listening to this episode of the not another fitness podcast if you liked what we do please subscribe and share tell all your friends and if you want to follow us over on our socials you'll find me and my contact details over on instagram at the flying food coach and you'll find andy over at facebook at the facebook group eat move lift enjoy or feel free to drop me an email on info at andrewjohnscraggs.com thanks again for listening until next time that'll do <laughs> yeah that'll do that's good that'll do. i'll put that on there as well that'll do <laughs>